and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey, everyone, and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. We are back for another week of all the reality TV chat that you need. Regan, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Still podcasting from the car. That's going to be old news because that's the rest of the year. <laughs> Is that how long it's going to take? Are you going to be in your car for, for how long? I, I think I will be in my car until January. Like, I think we're going to start 2020, 2021 back to normal in our house anyways. I was about to say, are you, are you like referring to that on a global scale? No, not on a global scale. I think it's gonna be a long time before we get back to normal on that. However, this was my first week where both kids have been in school for five days in a row and it's been incredible. Like it's given me a taste of what life was like. Well, I have to say this, normally you come to me and you're like, how are you doing, Kat? I'm like, listen, I, it's shit. But actually, <laughs> <laughs> actually things are looking up because- I am so used to having the kids home from school for whatever fucking reason. Yeah. And Jimmy is now in the studio all week next week. He's got work, which is great. And I was there going, oh God, like I've got the kids for the week and I've got to work. I've got no help. It's going to be a nightmare. And then it occurred to me in a moment of joyful exhilaration that actually both the kids are touch wood in school next week and Jimmy is out the house, which means that I am going to have the house to myself for between the hours of nine and three every single day. I'm so excited for you. You're going to love it. You are going to love it. It's given me goosebumps. Like this is (laughs) such, I can't even tell you how excited I am, but also at the same time, I'm really nervous because I feel like I'm going to get really into it and really up for it. And then I'm going to get a fucking email that says little Johnny Two Legs has been diagnosed <laughs> with fucking COVID. As opposed and- to little Jimmy Four Legs. <laughs> <laughs> and your kids have to stay the fuck home. Uh, yeah. But so far, this is the plan. This is the, this is what's happening. So I'm 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 excited. That's it's I I'm super excited for you because my husband has also been. He's got like just like a two person office, so he's actually gone to work every day this week too. So I've had the same. So like I've had the house all to myself from 8.30 until about 2.45 when I have to go do the school run. And it's been glorious. Even with people working in the house and banging and crazy, it's been glorious. I said to Jimmy, I said, listen, you watch. The house will be spotless. The fucking meals will be home cooked. The, that my work will be done. I will be a joy. He's like, I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah, I hope you don't get your period this week. <laughs> it's due. Oh, fuck, it's due. It's really due. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to bring you know the harbinger. I'll take that. If that's the only yeah. downside, I'll take it. For sure. I'll take it. Um, so listen, we're introducing a slightly new segment this week. Do, do, we? do, do, do. Yes, we do, are. Do, do, do. You should honk your horn. <laughs> Did you <Yeah>! hear it? <laughs> um, so we're introducing a slightly new segment. We want to get you guys more involved because we love that you're telling us loads of stuff on social media and we always forget but mostly because there isn't a dedicated segment to it so we've now introduced the post bag which is 
the bit where we will on social media ask you a specific question to respond to and it will be related to something that we've seen on reality tv right yes yes this week because of that convo um on below deck at the dinner table where some one of the one of the mums were like so what's been your peak in your pit um <laughs> such a and mom question. Like, oh my god it's such a mum <laughs> question and it's true because we do it every night at the dinner table I'm like yeah. what was your peak um we thought we'd ask you guys now it's going to take a while to build so i'm going to be honest we got one motherfucking response woo, but woo, i'm here for we got it one. because it's it's a really good one. It is a really good one. So let me just find it because I clearly am not that organized. <laughs> um, I screenshotted it. Here we go. So this is from uh, underscore Maddie Merck underscore on Instagram. Oh, I love her. She's great. And she yeah. says, my pit would be work. I swear when people leave your organization, all the big bosses lose their mind. Besides how exhausting it is to listen to entitled old white men that don't get with today of how important diversity and inclusion is, all people should be represented at the table. Not just conservative old white guys from old school boys clubs. Preach, my sister. 100%. Preach that. Um, she says her peak was going to Pilates and being able to do moves like the skinny girls. This Latina has a booty to do and to do full planks and bridges is a win for me. Babe, whoop, whoop. you That's are amazing. killing it this week. Hell yes. Um, we, we love that. And it's lovely to hear from you. So watch out for it on our social media. Go and take a listen. You can either DM us or you can drop us an email at hey at TV my husband hates um, and answer the question. But we're going to be picking the best ones. Maybe eventually we'll even figure out a way to give prizes for the best ones. Ooh, I think that would be a good idea. We'll probably need to get on some like merch planning. I still love the idea of a, a smart people watch reality TV pop socket. Yeah, I think we should do that. Let's start looking into it. Let's so Kat, yeah. what was your pit and your peak for this week? Oh, okay. So my pit was, um, you see, normally I'm negative Nancy and I can really <laughs> quick, it's generally all one big pit, but yeah. this week seems to have been quite, I can't think of a pit. I can't think of a pit, but I can think of a peak. Okay. We'll do your peak first. So my peak was today actually, because, um, I went to the blood donor center because they're looking for people who have had COVID so that they can nick their antibodies effectively to help people who have COVID fight it. Yeah. So I went to get my antibody test done. I don't know how to have the results yet, but I felt really fucking good to be giving some shit back to society. That's amazing. I've always not been able to donate blood because of like seizure medication and things like that. Like yes. my blood is would only be able to be used for a very specific person that is on my exact <laughs> stuff. But I'm always a massive proponent of it. Like, it's the easiest thing people can do to really help out everybody. And I love that, you know, they're trying to figure out a way to really help people who have COVID, you know, moving yeah, forward. Yeah, well, and it's and it's it's really interesting because this I donate blood regularly, but they take the plasma this time, which is yeah. when they basically suck the blood out of you, put it in a whizzy thing, which <laughs> isn't the technical term right. but somebody in fact somebody who I used to teach with who's um who I went to university with he's a scientist he's just informed me that it's a centrifuge anyway does Ooh. that separates the plasma from the blood and then puts the blood back in your body 
That's amazing. So like when you go back, like once you get your test, will you go back and they'll put the blood back in or have they already put the blood back in? No, so they've taken the blood to test me for antibodies. Then if I have enough antibodies, they will then take my plasma, which is basically like blood donation. They stick me with a needle and um, I sit there for an hour and they take my blood out of my body and it whizzes through a machine next to me and then that separates it. And then at the same time, they put the blood back into my body. That's fa- that's fascinating. I know. It's fucking modern like, science, man. It's like magic. So I'm really excited. I'm really hoping I've got enough antibodies. I suspect maybe not because it was March and I had right. a mild case. Although the fact that I lost my sense of taste and smell for five to six weeks apparently could mean that it wasn't a mild case. So right. we'll see. That's exciting. I'm super proud of you. Well done. What for about helping you? Out. What was your thanks, babe? What was your peak and pit? Um, what was my pit? I, I'm like you, like, I find it really hard to think of a pit. Um, I mean, I think generally my pit is having to share one bathroom with like three other people in, in a three basement setting. Three other boys. <clears throat> I never realized how gross my boys are because they've always had like their own bathroom. But yeah, um, yeah that, that's, that's, it's a mild pit. It's, it's doable, yeah. but you know, it's a little stressful. Um, and not having a stove to like cook on. I'm having to get really creative with like my Instapot and my slow cooker oh my and God. things like you, that. Do you have like a camping stove? I do. I bought this brilliant little butane one burner. So I have like a That's one burner stove. That's what we have for camping. They're amazing. So I do have that, which I'm thankful for. But I think my peak was like actually being able to like work and have a pseudo schedule this week. I worked out three times this week. And like have gotten everything done. So like that's my peak. I feel like I've been a productive member of society this week. And you're about to head off for a weekend in Aspen. So, you know, that's pretty good. I too. am. It is good. Um, right. We're going to get on with the first show before we do our usual undignified yes. plea for rates and reviews. We got another one in this week, which gave me such the warm and fuzzies. I loved oh, it. It was great. It was a brilliant, um, brilliant review. Who did that one? Do you have, do you have it with you? It will... Sorry, uh, I don't mean to put you on yeah, the spot. I, no, do you know what? I think but I Let's do. give her so a just, shout out because it was lovely. Um, here it was. Oh, I don't have who, who did it. But she said, it was a podcast too amazing to be missed. She doesn't normally review things because there was no, but there was no way she'd miss out on reviewing this amazing podcast. It's one of my most played podcasts and I look forward to listening every week. They have a great balance of hilarious chats, which are interwoven with insightful comments on current affairs. Keep going, ladies. You are the best. Yay. Thank you. Can't say I love that. that, can you? Anyway, if you haven't, if you're listening and you haven't yet rated and reviewed, please do. Um, it means a lot to us. But that said, let's get shimmy on down to uh, the Real Housewives of Potomac, where really there is only one thing to talk about. Yep, it's the Monique and Candace fight recap, essentially. This, to me, seems pretty cut and dry. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really know why people have to gather to kind of rehash this. I mean, I get that they didn't really get together to rehash it. Like, the get-together was more for Monique to apologize but I don't really feel like that's what happened. No, she didn't apologize. No. No, she she didn't. She came to justify herself. Yeah. And I think she came maybe with um, an idea of trying to make it right, but her actions weren't matching her words. And I think the tweets that she'd been tweeting oh. 
were so gross just an indication of her complete inability to just sit down and say guys i fucked up i'm really sorry I, I think you are 100% correct. Like I wrote down, she's just embarrassed. She's not remorseful for what she did. She's just yes. embarrassed that it happened. 100%. Now, I have to say, I'm not sure about Giselle's behavior in this whole thing. No, I mean, I think bringing a security guard was really meant to like wind up and kind of poke the bear versus yeah. going into it I mean, not that she has to go into it with an open mind. Honestly, I probably wouldn't have, but maybe I just wouldn't have gone. Yeah. I mean, I think turning up with a with a security guard was kind of over-egging the pudding, so to speak. Yeah. But what I found really interesting is Ashley's response as well, because the other women, Robin, Wendy, and Giselle, came in and were like, this is not okay. It's not okay. Yeah. Anything less than bended knee and desperate apology is not good enough. Ashley was way more sympathetic in her response. And I wondered what you thought of that. I was actually kind of wondering if it was because of Candace and Ashley's past, like that maybe she could identify more with Monique or maybe it's that she could identify Monique with like maybe just feeling overwhelmed with new baby and all this shit just kind of crashing down. But it still struck me as weird. Like, I felt Ashley didn't hold her, hold Monique accountable for any of her actions. She was just like, oh, she made a mistake. Like, that's a pretty fucking major mistake. Yeah. And also, I felt like there was a moment in her confessional where she rela- she referred to her beef, previous beef with Candace. And there was an element, I think there was an element of pettiness to her response, which I don't like to say about Ashley, but yeah. nobody's perfect. And I think for there was sure. an element of like... Well, she fucked me over, so this isn't the worst news in the world. Like, to be honest, it is what it is. Um, That being said, I think that Ashley needed to take a stronger stance. Like, you can be sympathetic and you can be supportive. But when Monique says, I am not remorseful, that is not okay. No, and I, I feel like Ashley and Karen were both just like team Monique cheerleaders not real friends being like no you fucked up we love you but you fucked up well and part of me wonders if there was a reaction like that from ashley and karen because they've been through both of them have been through very high profile negative scandals obviously karen with the tax thing and um ashley with because she's married to the world's biggest dickhead um and so i wondered if there was an element of empathy on that level that being said, I still think you have to draw the line between that and actually violent behavior. Absolutely. Physical violence and just talking shit are two very, very different things. And I was astonished. Like, if I was to give Monique not any credit, but if there was something that I would like to say about Monique, is that if this had happened because she drank so much and she blacked out and this occurred this was we would all be saying to her you need to get your drinking under control you whatever it is whatever the problem right. is you need to deal with that and i don't think it's any different that the blackout came from rage i think it's a different kind of problem but i think that there is an element of us saying and i think actually karen says this and i respect karen for saying this you have anger problems and you need to get this sorted um so there is an element of me that's like this might not be 
Monique that we're talking to as much as this angry beast that resides within her. Yeah, I would agree with that. I also feel that in addition to talking to her pastor, she needs to seek some medical professional mental health person. Yeah, I have to say, I mean, I'm not a religious person. And if you are religious, then please know that you, I absolutely 100% respect your right to do so. But I do think that if there is some anger issues or whatever, that you do need some sort of professional trained to deal directly with that rather than your pastor uh, particularly sure there is a room for your conversation with your pastor but it is totally. not that is not the solution no it's um, not the be all end all like because I know a lot of pastors do have kind of counseling backgrounds and I think that's great like you do need to talk to somebody that but they need to kind of be the bridge to help you talk to someone who is really skilled at dealing with internal rage because that's what uh, I'm going to yeah. call it it's not just normal anger like it's rage no, if you black out, and I yeah. believe that she did. I mean, we talked about totally. this last week. You could see it in her eyes. She was gone. If you black out, there is a problem. Well, whatever, even, the re- whatever the root, the reason for that blackout is, whether it's rage, alcohol, drugs, whatever, there's yeah. a problem that needs fixing because it's a danger. It's a real dangerous thing. Absolutely. I mean, and even Chris identifies with this. Like, you know, you've let all these stressful things just build up and build up and build up. Like he's not, he kind of seemed not surprised that this was going to happen, you know, because she's not really dealing with all those small stressors. Like we saw when she was talking in her confessional about putting everybody in these little boxes. I know I keep going back to that, but it's like, but you can't compartmentalize that much shit and still be all right. You need to deal with those boxes because- this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and, you know, she's, she's been through a stressful time. All of that is true. That doesn't make her actions excusable in any way, but it does mean that there is something that she needs to work on and fix. And I don't believe she's irredeemable. I think she can come back from this, but she needs to get to a point, even at the very end when, you know, Karen gives her the harsh word and is like, you know, you need to use this opportunity to make sure that y- you can show other black girls, black young black girls, that you knew it was wrong and you did it wrong and you can come back stronger. And she's like, yeah, well, as long as they don't provoke you. And it's like, dude, just yeah. stop. I completely disagree with putting onus on Candace for this situation. Because you know what? People are going to talk shit. Like, it's just the way it is. It's, it's human nature. It's what people do. You alone are in control of how you handle that. And putting your hands on people is never okay. I mean, it's, I have these conversations with my kids almost daily. Like, yeah, you're really, you're really on that. And I've noticed that when we, you are really on that. And it, but it's victim blaming. It's yeah. like telling a girl who got raped it was because she was too drunk or she was right. wearing the wrong thing. And you don't ever physically invade somebody's personal being and self you don't put your hands on somebody there is no justification no there's no justification and I think I sit more on like Robin and Wendy's side like Robin and Wendy I thought were pretty respectful like listening to her but then they're just like you're talking shit like we know it was you that leaked that shit to the blogs because it was all your side and was really pro you and the way you've conducted yourself afterwards shows you have no remorse and you don't really care. So why the fuck are we even here? No, and I 100% agree. And I really appreciated Robin's way of handling it. <laughs> I thought she's like, she's one of my favorites. She's like, you yeah. almost had me. 
right until you lied i was like oh i love robin i think she's such a straight shooter and such like a normal person like not poking the bear but also not letting people get away with bullshit well and giselle makes a really good point as well and something that made me think about what we talked about last week when i said you know this isn't the monique that we're used to seeing and giselle said actually there is a history of this like you have threatened to drag Candice before you have hit some you hit Robin with an umbrella before you she like choked Robin with the umbrella yeah like cop choke style and when they did that montage I was like you know what you're right this is a kind of pattern of behavior and this is the first time it's escalated to this level but we have seen this in Monique before. Well, we've also heard it. Like watching that montage made me kind of flash back to, you know, I think it was like the first episode where after they had the party for Ashley, like the dinner, the audio afterwards between Candace and Monique, there's a very different like Monique voice and way yeah. of speaking when she's on camera versus when she's off. And I think yeah. we got a little glimpse of that in that first season. And I kind of had forgotten about it until watching that montage. And I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, I feel there's a whole different Monique that we've never really seen. And it's yeah. this girl. I agree. And I, I, I'm i interested to see where it goes. It looks like this is a problem that manifests within this group throughout the rest of the season. And, and I appreciate that because you can't, you know, when you've got a tight knit group of girlfriends, I mean, that shit doesn't happen every day. One of them doesn't physically no. assault the other. So that is going to be a problem. So I'm interested to see how this plays out. And I just hope Monique can get to a point where she can, um, where she can recognize that she owes Candace an apology, even if she still doesn't believe that she was wrong in terms of the initial point of the conversation she still owes her apology for putting her hands on her a hundred percent and i mean i'm not saying that they need to be friends or they need to get together or anything like that but monique does need to apologize for assaulting her like that's not okay it's not cool in any sort of situation and i think that that needs to come out of monique's mouth in some way and yeah. until it does, I don't I don't think there is going to be any resolution to the issue. No, I mean, the fact that Monique says taunting and words is just as bad as laying hands on someone just goes to show how like she's there's no perspective here for her at all. Right. Well, and even I mean, let's talk about Candace's perception for a little bit because we see her go to therapy like she's been doing to kind of deal with her mom's stuff and all this. And I thought she brought up something really interesting, like the trauma of like somebody putting their hands on you is a pretty major thing. And that's hard to deal with. I don't know how I would deal with it. No. And I think it's interesting because I think as time has gone on over the past week, that, that has the, sh- the shock has worn right. off and the reality of what happened is set in. Cause I remember feeling that like Candace was really chilled about it the next morning, but I still think that there was shock there. And I don't think you can underestimate it. And I think people will write it off as going, oh, so she pulled her hair, whatever, you know, but actually that would be terrifying. She was attacked and <laughs> she was under threat because it wasn't even, even after she'd let go, Monique was still going for her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do feel, and I felt like Candace in therapy was willing to accept her part in it and, you know, was 
was able to say that she did provoke. There's no yeah. doubt she did. But that at the same time, nothing justifies what happened after that. No. Well, and even, you know, going back a little bit, Monique and Candace were really tight for a long time. Yeah. So, like, even that loss of that relationship, because this this has made it done. Like, I don't really know where you come back from this as no. friends. And, I mean, I think the therapist really identifies it as, like, you know, you've lost your, like, a sister, yeah, it's grief as well, yeah. right? You're grieving the loss of a friendship. Um, and it is hard. And I feel for her. And I just, um, and I think the new Candice is, te- Candice is taking this in a really mature way. I don't think she's playing the victim. I don't think no. she's playing the drama queen. Um, I hope that stays that way. But at the moment, she seems to be dealing with this in a pretty mature, balanced, measured way. So we'll see how that shitstorm plays out. Yeah, it's just, it's incredible. It's such a good season of this show. I mean, can you actually imagine, like, reaching over the table, grabbing me by my hair and slamming my head on the table? I mean, no. (laughs) I can't even imagine what has to happen for us to get to that point. No. I mean, A, that's just not who we are. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting because I was kind of thinking back to all the different fights that we've seen on the different housewife shows and like Rinna, like (coughs) breaking that glass and kind of throwing it at Kim um, when they were on holiday and like those kind of things. And I can't even imagine what it would take for us personally, like our friendship where that would even come in. I don't know. I think it's a confluence of circumstances. Yeah. I think like, the perfect storm has to happen because I wouldn't like to say that there's no way I'd ever lose my shit because I've lost my shit. Totally. I've lost my shit. I did throw a cup of tea. I threw a cup of tea over Jimmy once. So that, you know, that I, I I do have it in me, but um, I think we all do. Don't we? Yeah. But I honestly think that it, I mean, it would take a lot. It would take a lot. Yeah. I just feel like maybe there's not that level of drama in my life. Like, Thinking about the housewives, like they're on a TV show. A lot of them are married to high profile men. There's a lot of shit that goes around with all that. And like, that is just missing from my life. Like that's not my (laughs) situation. So I think there's probably not a lot of like that kind of stuff that could go on. And I'm just, I'm just not a physical person. I mean, I'll yell at you. I'll debate with you. I'll have words with you, but I have never in my life put my hands on someone like that. No, I haven't either. And I've had my fair share of drama. 2019 was yeah. dramatic for me. It was. Um, it was really dramatic. But uh, I can't ever imagine getting it physical. No. <laughs> also, no. I'd be a massive weed. I hated hockey at school because I was like, those bats are too hard and that ball is too hard. Like, I'm yeah. not into it. I'm not into the pain, the fighting. No, no. The only pain I go through is like my workout pain. And it's all self-inflicted. Yeah, I don't even really go through yeah. that much either. But I'm a lover, not a fighter. What can I say? <laughs> um, anyway, listen, that's Potomac. So um, let's move on. While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And 
And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose. Okay, so let's get on with Below Deck Med. Oh, and the ass grab heard round the world. <sighs> well, not really an ass grab, though, was it? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't an ass grab at all. It was, no, it was actually no big deal, in my opinion. It was no big deal in everybody's opinion in the entire world, except Jess. Except Jess. It was... Baffled. I'm baffled. I am too, because Rob is like, I didn't even feel an ass grab. I just like, I don't feel like I grabbed his ass. Like, I think it's one of those like perspective things. Like she thought that's what she saw, but she's also like way far away. It's just ridiculous. But, but I also think this isn't about the ass grab. Whatever it is, it's just triggered some serious shit in her. And I feel for her because there's clearly been some damage. Like there's clearly been somebody who screwed her over or who's abandoned her or cheated on her or whatever. And and I really empathize and sympathize with that. But at the same time, you have to get out of your own way. And she is so much in her own way. Oh, yeah. I just want to give her a cuddle and go, you need to stop. You're destroying this. You are sabotaging this. Yeah. And even if it was an ass grab, like, who cares? If he's with you, he's, he's with, with you. you. Right. Like, Jimmy's had his ass grabbed by other women, I'm sure. Yeah. Men, too. Almost certainly. <laughs> um, I don't give a shit. He's no. married to me. Yeah. I mean, Bad that's the ass. thing. Like, this, this guy has told you, like, he loves you. He wants to be with you. Like, you need to take that for what it is. Like, I don't feel like Rob is the type of guy out to fuck her over by any means. No. I think he's super sensey. I think if she could just get out of her way, it would be what she wants it to be. Yeah, somebody made a really interesting, really concise, incisive point about the way that Jess talks about her anger issues. And she does this kind of cutesy confessional where she's like, do I have anger issues? I don't think I have anger issues. Now, this this follower, and I wish I could remember her name and I could go back yeah. through it, but it would take forever. She was like, you know what? That pissed me off because if that had been a man talking about his anger issues and making light of them like that, it would not have been tolerated. No. And she is Right. It is not okay. And I'm a feminist, but I think feminism means that we all we if we want to if we want equality, we have to be equally accountable. Yeah. And for her to be cutesy and girlsy, all about these anger issues which are terrifying. Deep. Like yes. Bugsy, the way she spoke to Bugsy. The way she's threatening Aisha, who is like the sweetest person in the world and doesn't want your dude at all is if it's outrageous if a man had said the exact words that she said in the exact tone yeah we would be up in arms rightly so a hundred percent but you we cannot give jess a pass on that behavior because she's a woman i just Hell don't no. think it's okay and 
And this that I read that and I went, fuck, I never would have considered that. I'm annoyed I never would have considered that because I feel like I need to be, you yeah. know, that should be. But I'm pleased that that, that that listener pointed it out and I'm really relieved because it's it was so fucking unacceptable. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about how up in arms we are about Monique putting her hands on Candace, like this woman has just threatened to do the exact same thing. Yeah. I'm it's the exact same scenario. Yeah. What the fuck? No, sweetie, we use our words. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it, but it, but it is, it's, it's, it's mind blowing that, I mean, that reaction is mind blowing to me. And I get that it comes from a place of hurt right. and pain and trauma. I understand all of that. But at, at certain point, the only person who can deal with that is her. And she can either recognize the root cause of this anger, or she can continue to be in her own way and block out love and life and yeah. laughter throughout. And she has to watch that back and go, I need to get some fucking help about I this. think it'll be really interesting because they are doing a reunion. So we'll have, we'll have a reunion to watch. Um, it will be very interesting, I think, and in how that is dealt with on the reunion. I hope that she takes it all on board and is like, I'm, I need some fucking help for this shit versus just doubling down and being like, nope, I don't see anything wrong with it. Like she grabbed his ass. That's all that, that's what she did. That's the reaction. Yeah, I hope so too. And we've talked about it before. I think whether or not you, you'd like to be a reality TV star, I think there is a certain, there is a gift that it gives you, which is this, the benefit of hindsight and really 2020 vision on your actions and your behavior, which you, nobody else ever gets, right? No. You can look back at that and go, fuck, that's how it really happened because we all have a version of every event in our head. So, and I think that's a gift if you want to learn to grow and you want to learn to be more self-aware. And um, and I always get annoyed when reality TV stars don't fucking, aren't grateful yeah. for that and don't use that tool that none of us get to get to have. Um, and it always annoys me. It's a perfect example for Jess to see it, do some fucking growth and be a bigger, better person. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, we reunion. never saw Hannah do it, which always kind of blew my mind a little bit because Hannah had been on the show for ages. And so she's got like season after season to like see herself doing those same things and change. <clears throat> Below Deck is a bit different because a lot of them are just like do one season and they're done and it's like a whole new crew or parts a new crew or whatever. But I really hope Jess takes this gift for what it is and is like, fuck, I need to do some work. I just need to get that shit sorted. And actually things would be great after that. I agree. Now, um, Rob's got himself into slightly sticky situation as well because I do not blame him like one bit. No. Deciding to ditch Barley and do the crossing. And also it's a smart choice, right? If he wants to make yachting his career, he can get all the hours and the certificates, whatever it is. Um, it's the smart choice, but I am genuinely fearful for his safety when he yeah. tells Jess he's not going to Bali anymore. Yeah, which, I mean, again, like, girl, you have just pushed him away. And B, like, you planned to go by yourself in the beginning anyways, so things haven't really changed. Just go by yeah. yourself, get some soul searching done, and do all that. And actually, you're 100% correct. The crossing is the way better choice for Rob. A hundred percent. On many different levels. He wants to be levels. an engineer. He wants to yeah. do that. This would make it possible. And I think it's pretty I, awesome that like the first mate, what's his name, David, is like yeah. 
can help him make that happen. And at first I was, I kind of poo pooed Rob, like going to Sandy to like talk about these personal issues. I was like, I did too. I was like, I was like, but she's got better things to do. But that's what this has come from. Right. She was like, actually, you know, we could do this. There is a crossing coming up, which would be really good for you professionally and maybe good for you personally. And I liked that conversation though. I didn't initially like it when I first saw it happen. I didn't like the fact that he did it. I did. I was like, don't go to mom with like your, your right. tittle tattles. She's not got sh- shit in time for that. She doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> She's going to sit there all the way and go, really? You're coming to me with like boyfriend, girlfriend stuff? Mm-mm. You've been together three weeks. Chill out. But, um, but actually, I think Sandy handled it really well. And I think even though I really disagree with a lot of what Sandy's done, I think there is part of her. And I think it's probably part of going through the program and the 12 steps and things that is genuinely open to validating people's experiences and feelings. And I think that was this. It was like, yes, all right, it might not seem like a big deal, but it's a big deal to him. And you know what? We can have a chat about it. So I appreciated that. Still got some work to do to get back into my good books, but that was, I gave her credit for that. Yeah. I also appreciate the way she looks out for others' careers. Yeah. I mean, because like her or not, she's done a lot for Malia and let it, you know, lets people drive the boat and do different parts of different jobs to really grow professionally. And I think that's where she came from this with Rob. Like, you know what? I can help professionally. I can't help personally, but I can help professionally. And this is an opportunity that's come up and we'd be happy for you to join and we can make it happen. And I like that she's always kind of looking out for ways to expand the professional career of her crew. I feel she's the only kind of, at least on camera, the only captain that really does that that way. I agree. And, and I think she's been consistent in that. And and I think she respects that need to pay it forward because she will have been given some seriously big breaks to get where she is today. Totally. So I think that, you know, that I respect. Um, but yeah, it's. I, I think that last episode next week is going to be pretty feisty. Oh, yeah, because I think we're going to see the fallout from him not going to Bali. We'll also see a night out, which is always tricky on that last go round. Well, let's also, before we move on from Below Deck, just discuss. I mean, I don't want to give him a high five for being like less whingy, (laughs) slightly less annoying. Right. But Tom was slightly less whingy and annoying this week. Tom pulled it out this week. I think he handled foibles in a respectful manner. He communicated about when he wanted to take a nap, even if it didn't happen the first go round, it happened the second go round. Like he just kind of did what he's been needing to do all season. Right. And actually I feel like we saw a better side of Tom this episode. You're hundred percent right. It doesn't make up for the fucking billion episodes that we had to watch him being a dick, especially to people who are really sweet. But I think he's done some serious self-reflection whilst on the boat and realizes how dickish he probably seems. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yes, it's the last <laughs> charter. I mean, That's I feel it. like he, as a grown man, he could probably have figured that shit out a little bit earlier, <laughs> but credit where credit's due. Yeah. Different strokes. Good job, Tom. <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, uh. Anyway, let's move on to our third and final show. Uh, which is, of course, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I actually thought this was quite an interesting episode this week. It was. It was all about, like, Sisterland, in a way. Sisterland and Corey. Yes. Corey. Such and a- Lampgate. Let's, let's start yes. with Lampgate. 
All right. Um, so I thought this was kind of a heartwarming little interlude. I agree. I feel, I love that we have seen Scott grow so much. Like I love that this show, part of why the show exists is because we all love it. But also we have gotten to see Scott from like his early 20s and just like all the shit that he's kind of dealt with in his life. And we've seen him really finally take it on and like grow as a human being, as a man, as a person. And I think Lampgate kind of sums it up really nicely. Like he fucked up, he wanted to hide it (laughs) and his son called him out on it. And he took it on the chin and was like, you're 100% correct. I need to set a better example for you without flipping out, without doing all that and like own up to it. I think that right there is Scott in a nutshell. And I love him for it. And I think what I find consistent amongst those reality TV cast members, whatever show it is that I'm watching that makes me warm to them is their ability to be vulnerable. And I think that's what Scott really has in spades. And it's been a tough lesson for him to learn, but he is okay with admitting he's got stuff wrong. He's okay with being vulnerable. And um, I mean, he's not okay with going up to Chris and telling her that he's broken a vintage lamp. But then who the fuck would be? Dude, Chris is scary, man. Like I would be afraid to do that. I'd be afraid to tell my mom I broke like a really expensive lamp. Also, Chris, I love you, babe. And I have had to let go of some of this shit, but you are going to have to let go of this too. You have an enormous house in Palm Springs, where, <laughs> where, which you have stuffed with literally 1,200 people. A hundred of those are children. You cannot get salty about the fact that there's shit around that house. No, it's just the it's, way it's going to be. It's the way it's going to be. And when you and Corey are there by yourself, fine. Live in your perfection. And I would do the same but you have to let go. It's not a disrespect thing. It's just no. a living in a fucking house thing. And it, a pool noodle on a be- on a kid's bed is not the end of the fucking world. That's like the least thing you should be freaking out about in a vacation totally. house filled with a million people. Do you know who she reminded me of? Who? I'm going to get in so much trouble if this gets back to her. She <laughs> reminded me of my sister. I love my sister. <laughs> but fuck me if you leave a mess in her house. Like... Her house is not for living in. Yeah. In the in the way that normal humans live. Right. It's right. like for living in in the way that Samantha lives. And I love her, but if this gets back to her, I swear to God, I'm gonna be <laughs> roasted. Oh, I laugh because I know Samantha and I, I can see definitely where you're coming from. I've also been on Oh, holiday. that was very diplomatic. That was very diplomatic, Reagan Kempton. But I'll <laughs> let you I'll let you be diplom I'll let you fence it for a while. That's Yeah, it. let me be diplomatic because I've actually never like stayed at her house. Like that True. I've never been in that environment. I think I popped in once. But I have been on vacation with the whole Knowles fit and crew. And um they like to have a good time. Like I've seen vacation sides of your family and they are a lot of fun. And on vacation, they wouldn't be that bothered oh, yeah. by shit being a mess, but probably in their own homes. No, no. It'd be a different story. Yes. You, if you were vacationing in Sam's house, that would be a problem. But if you're vacationing in somebody else's house, she's fine. It is yeah. her own space. And I do under, I do appreciate that. But there, I also have learned to, I've had to learn to let go of this shit myself. So mm-hmm. I'm talking from experience. For sure. Um, but listening to her be like, this house is a mess. I was like, oh, it sounds like me. But actually, it sounds a lot like my sister too. Anyway, um, 
Lampgate was was heartwarming amid um, a flurry of fucking fury between the sisters this week. Oh my. I mean, I've said this before on the podcast. I don't have sisters, so I don't... Like, me and my brothers don't have that dynamic. It just does not exist with brothers, um, which is something I always find really fascinating. It doesn't exist between my boys. It doesn't exist between me and my brothers. My brothers don't give a fuck what I'm wearing to go out. (laughs) <laughs> really? Yeah. They're, it they're just not annoyed that you're wearing They're their not outfit. annoyed at all. They're very easygoing. You know, we have a very traditional dynamic because I'm the oldest and I have two little brothers. So like there's a dynamic there that exists. But holy fuck balls. These girls were just... Something else. Something well, first else. First of all, let's talk. Let's talk about Courtney and Chloe because I thought this was really interesting because we neither of us have been fans of Courtney by no. any means. Yeah. She has been very annoying to watch. That being said, I was really um, surprised at how I felt about her this week. I actually felt more empathy for Courtney and more love for Courtney than I did for chloe go figure i know i feel like this episode really like it shocked me that i I, because i felt the exact same way and it shocked me that i felt this way because i'm really ride or die chloe i think she's lovely but i feel she was picking on courtney and courtney came into this weekend in a very open-minded go with the flow kind of mode even if she didn't like what was going on she was there for it and there for the spirit of like being together as a family which was such a breath of fresh air from Courtney, the queen of the whinge. I know. But right? um, Chloe was picking on her a bit. Well, there were two incidents in particular. And of course, the ones where they're playing the family game and Courtney's involved and she's playing and she gets up to help Rain with something at the table. Yeah. And Co- Chloe immediately jumps on her. She's like, be present, be involved. And Chloe's like, fuck off. I was being present involved. But <laughs> she doesn't do that. Actually, what she does is control her reactions. And I feel yeah. like... Courtney has, you know, has maybe been doing some work on herself and has realized that she can't, she has to deal with the world the way it is, not how she wants it to be. And the only thing that she can control is her reactions. And she does that beautifully. And then the second time is when Chloe's, they're all going out for the sister thing. And she's like, aren't we gonna have a great time? She's like, listen, it's not the thing that I'd love to do, but I'm so excited about hanging out with the girls. And Chloe can't accept that. She wants yeah. Courtney to be somebody else. And yeah. it's just not Courtney. And she needs to be okay with that. Well, kind of who Courtney used to be. And I mean, look, like I'm I'm a fan of chasing the buzz. I think our husbands can really attest to the fact they really hate it when Kat and I are together. <laughs> they love I it because it's you're good for about. us. But I um, might have just done a reel about that <laughs> exact thing. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, things change. And I think Courtney has changed a lot. And I think Courtney has grown a lot. And I think she, Courtney takes her role as being a mom very, very seriously. And her kids are, are gorgeous. Like, her kids are very normal, in a level that I would not have expected for always being on reality TV and living around cameras and just who their family is. And I think Courtney has worked very hard to make that a reality for her kids, like make being kids being normal. Um, So like Chloe needs to back off and like give her some slack because Courtney's the one that's been dealing with all this, you know, motherhood and reality TV and figuring out who she is all on the show. 
you know, yeah. starting with an unplanned pregnancy at the very beginning, you know? Yeah. And I think it is, I think people do change and sisters change and it's hard when they change because, you know, you build a relationship with them and you have to sort of rebuild that, but it's part of how it goes. And Chloe, I think, needs to reflect on that a little bit more. Well, um, and come on, there's a million sisters. So if one doesn't want to drink, that's fine. Drink with another one. Yeah, Kylie's up for it. Yeah, Kylie's well up for it. Yeah, she's party animal in, in Kendall's outfit. So let's talk about that. <laughs> I have to say, hand to God, I think this is one of the stupidest fights I've ever seen play out. And obviously it's not just about the outfit. It's about a lot of like underlying issues between Kendall and Kylie, but I just don't care. Like, I don't think I've seen (laughs) enough of them to like be invested in their relationship. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I hear you. I mean, listen, it is a sad, sorry state of affairs when the Kardashians are arguing over one outfit. I mean, yeah. these bitches have more clothes than God. And for the love, and you're right, obviously it's not about the outfit. Right. But I do hope they look at that. Kendall looks at it and goes, yeah, that felt a bit petty as, yeah. I, as I look back on that. That feels a bit petty. Well, and to get into a massive fight in a car also about like dropping somebody off. What is it with people fighting? I have no idea, but it got real physical real fast. It got really physical really fast. And this is interesting because this is where Corey comes into it. Now, Corey, for me, I've never figured him out, right? And again, he doesn't feature that much on the show. I have no doubt. One thing I am sure about, I have no doubt that he adores Chris and that his first and foremost priority is making sure that Chris is happy, supported and safe. Yes. That I will give Corey. In terms of his role in the family, I find it very hard to figure him out because... He is very close to Kylie, fine yeah. sort of with everybody else. But he kind of has, I don't know, am I, is there a bit of an attitude problem? I think so. I mean, I so I was thinking about this while I was watching the episode because Corey came on the picture when Caitlin was also transitioning. So I do wonder if like Corey's relationship to Kylie is a little bit more fatherly for lack of a better term because she was dealing with a lot of stuff with her her dad do you know what I'm saying like he kind of came on the scene when a lot of stuff was going on and I do wonder if maybe he was there for them in ways that obviously we didn't see and maybe that's kind of really strengthened that bond between him and Kylie in particular because she's the youngest right but it's like a weird dynamic. Like, is he a stepdad? Is he a friend? Is yeah. he just this weird older dude that drinks with her? Because in any other forms, that's uncomfortable. I don't well, know. And that's what made me feel uncomfortable. Like the way that he's like running around, like when, when Kendall's pissed that she's wearing the outfit and she goes into a room and says, well, you fucking ruin my night. So I'll say what I like. She goes into the room and Kylie kind of struts past her with her arm up. Like, I don't give a fuck bitch. And then giggles about it. And Corey's kind of like a little girlfriend with her, like giggling and running around the corner. And that for me is like weird. Yeah. It is weird. You're the mom's boyfriend. Right. You need to be not mates with these girls as much as, you know, there is an element of take of, 
of being removed from that. Well, and, you know? and I think the hard thing is, and everybody out there can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Corey met Chris through Chloe. Like, Corey's their age. I think you're right, yeah. So I think it is a weird place for Corey to be. I mean, I don't know how you, like, put up boundaries and, like, okay, but now I'm your mom's boyfriend, not your friend anymore, and I'm not really, like, their stepdad because Chris and I aren't married. I'm just their mom's boyfriend. His, it's it's a weird his, place to be for, I think, everybody it is. involved. And to, and to give Corey credit, I don't, I wouldn't relish having to, to try and get in, get in no. with the Kardashian clan. Like that is a fucking <laughs> uphill battle if ever there was one. That being said, I think his problem, which is what Chris manages to do really well and he can't do, is he almost gets himself embroiled in it. Yeah. And that's where I think he should be removed. Like even though he gets on really well with Kylie, his role is not to side or collude with her. His role is to be a more adult distanced parenting voice because right. that's his role with Chris not to be part of the fucking problem and I think that's his immaturity showing a hundred percent and we see Chris handle that really well at the beginning of the episode when she's just watched the girls fighting yeah. on the show and we see her really handle that balance really well like she talks to Chloe and Kim about it, doesn't get in their shit about it, like talks about it, says it's really hard to watch you guys do that and calls Courtney immediately and is there for her as a mom, right? Like not as a manager, not chastising her behavior on TV, just like, oh my gosh, how are you? That was really hard to watch. Are you okay? And I think that's, I mean, Chris is a master of many, many things. And I think her ability to still be the kid's mom still run their businesses and get on with them. But like her role is very much the role of the mom. Like she doesn't get petty. She has a good time with them, like with the pranks and things like that, but she doesn't get in their fight shit. Like she lets them work that out. Well, yeah. And, and even as a manager, you have a very distinct uh, duty of care so even if she was just Courtney's manager and she'd mm-hmm. seen that she should have been on the phone asking Courtney if she was okay and right. I think that's what Chris does really really well is it's find that balance and we and she sort of manages with a heart head like with yeah. a, you know she balances that really well um but I just feel like Corey needs to step back and when we see Kendall relaying the conversation to Chris, you can see her immediately go into manager mode and that's manager mode because that's when she's like, I have to hear every side of this story. I'm not going to stand up and defend Corey. I'm not going to say that Kylie's wrong. I'm I'm just, I'm right now I'm here and I'm listening to to Kendall and that's what I have to do. And you can see that's when the manager kicks in. She's not going to make a judgment now. She needs to get every side to the story. Whereas a mom might be more emotive or more connected to a, defensive or whatever she doesn't get defensive and I thought that was really interesting in terms of the fight I don't I don't know whether Corey smacked Kendall I mean if if there are two grown honestly if there are two fucking grown women scrapping then if one of them gets a slap in breaking it up then they fucking deserve it yeah I mean I in my head I don't don't mean they deserve it I mean that's kind of it's, it has to be a recognized consequence. It, like right. it's, a, it, well, it's likely to happen. Like don't well, go and to I the guess, pool if you don't want to get splashed. Don't get in a fight if you don't want to get hit. 
Yeah, and I guess I missed the part where she said Corey hit her. I know she said she hit Kylie and Kylie, like, got her shoe up in her neck. I didn't hear anything about Corey hitting, and that could just be totally me. But I guess in my, like, parent brain, I'd be like, maybe he was just, like, trying to separate them. I don't know. It's like, and you get physical, the fucking rules are out the window and shit's going to go down and you can't then cry about it, you know? No, and I can't believe someone just left, like they just left her at a gas station in the middle of Palm Springs too. Yeah, that's bullshit. I mean, that's what I have a problem with. Like Corey as the adult in the car. Exactly. Should be like, we are waiting here until she comes out from using the restroom because we are not leaving her at a gas station in Palm Springs. No, and that's why that's where Corey needs to learn from Chris. And Corey needs to step up and elevate himself and stand next to Chris rather than hang out like just below her and above the kids and and do all yeah. of that because he he needs to be fucking Sweden. No, Switzerland. He needs yes. to be Switzerland. <laughs> it's been a long week. Yeah. Chris is Switzerland. He needs to be Switzerland and he's taking sides and he's adding fuel to the fire and he needs to grow the fuck up. A hundred percent. So now that we've sorted that shit out. Yep. Um, Leave it to us. We can handle it all. Yeah. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Um, so that's us done for this week. Um, it is. Thank you once again for giving up your time to listen to us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Um, remember to look out on social media for uh, the post bag feature. We'll be setting you up with a new question as soon uh, as we can. Um, in the meantime, you're about to head off on your weekend away. I am. My garage door keeps opening and closing because of the contractor people coming to work. So I keep like trying to shut it after they go in and then they've opened it again. And it, anyways, <laughs> it's the life it's a, of a, it's a car podcaster. On. Yes. <laughs> well, listen, go away. Have a wonderful time in Aspen. Oh, I will do. And everybody have a great week. Let's all support Kat in her first week without children whoop, whoop, at whoop, home whoop, underfoot. Whoop, whoop. She's going to have an amazing time. We'll be both brand new women next week. Well, I'm probably not going to be productive at all. I'm probably just going to spend the whole time in my pajamas watching reality TV and making mimosas at 11. But that's fine fine with that too. (laughs) Either way, it's your week. You do you. All right, guys. It's my week, my time, and I shall spend it. All right. Everybody else have a great week. We will see you next weekend. We will. And remember, smart people watch reality TV too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. The music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims. (laughs) 